Talking Buds Leaf Show. Talking Buds Leaf Show. After all this time, we were like, let's just let's just do it. It's been long enough. Let's put the name Leafs in the title. It's 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 time. It was about time. It had well, to happen. Are we gonna tell the real reason why we put Leafs in the title? You or can are, tell everyone if we, you want. Or are we just gonna leave it well, the way it is? You can tell I don't know. Do you wanna tell people? You can tell people if you want. Well, I was just stumbling across, like, I just wanted to, to get more Leafs info because usually you get your Leafs info from the same kind of sources. Like, you're just your Sportsnet, your TSN, maybe maybe a popular hockey podcast. So I just, one day I was like, you know, I want to get some more info about this team. So I just went on a just Spotify, Apple, and I typed in Leafs. And a bunch of podcasts popped up. And guess whose podcast didn't pop up? And in hindsight, it seems like such an obvious thing. I know. Like, how stupid can we be? How pretty, pretty stupid. And then we were just, but then both of us were just like talking buds leaf show. That It sounds amazing. It does. Like, it, sounds it sounds perfect. It sounds natural. It sounds perfect. That's what it should have been the whole time. Yes. So now absolutely the talking buds leaf show. Here and, we go. And I just want to add to that. You know, we get a lot of people commenting on our videos and stuff being like, how do you guys only have 500 plus subscribers? Not to toot our own horn. Not to toot our own. No, but people say that all the time. They're always like, how do you guys not have more subs? And it's like, well, you know what people, as much as we love you and we love your support, spread the word. I say it at the end of every episode, end of every episode, spread the word, tell your friends. That's, that's what we need. Get everybody on board and tell them about the talking buds. Leaf show. That's been your go-to since day one. Spread the word, tell your friends. Spell, sp- <laughs> spread the word, tell your friends. Yes, yes. That's, you've stuck with it. I've I stuck like with it. it. Yes, yes. I like it. This week's episode, Ryan, of the Talking Buds Leaf Show is brought to you by Sports Interaction. Oh boy, have I spent some time at the casino games on that website. It, it's a pretty good like online casino. Ooh, I love going in and putting the first 20 down on a red ski on the roulette table. <laughs> and boy, oh boy, does it hit every time. It does. I'm telling you, I this when you go out to the online roulette table, when your first color bet, I, I swear it's it's a 75% win rate. So go try it. Give it a shot. And if you and if you lose, then don't come back at me. And Just, you, it was bad luck. And use SIA.com slash talking buds to sign up for your brand new sports interaction account. Last week, you and I lived a podcaster's nightmare because we put out an episode where we debated Rasmus Sandin. And we were like, is he going to sign? What do you think of his holdout? And not eight, nine hours later, he signs a contract extension with the Toronto Maple Leafs, a two-year contract at a 1.4 million AAV, which is the same, the deal that Dubas offered him right from the beginning. So a win for Kyle Dubas. First off, give me your thoughts on the deal. I, I don't care about the money in this deal. Like I, I know the Leafs cap situation is always so tight. So every hundred thousand dollars actually matters to this cap situation that they're in. But at the end of the day, 
as a fan, I'm not going to sweat 1.4. He tried to stand his ground and to get a certain deal that he wanted. And, and, and ultimately, I would say it didn't work. It didn't work. It he did had, not. He had to cave in and, and give what the Leafs were offering him. But to me, it's it's different than the other situations. It's different from the Nylander, Marner, Matthew situation, obviously, because those guys had such unbelievable success in their first couple of years in the NHL. Like you're talking about a completely unproven dude who has a high ceiling. But when you when you're watching Alex Kerfoot on defense in the preseason, and, and you know that Jake Muzzin's going to get hurt 55 times this year. It, your opportunities right now to come and prove yourself that you're, you're a five, six, seven million dollar defenseman by the time your next deal comes around. And that should motivate you. I think Austin Matthews is the perfect example of that. I'm going to sign a five-year deal because I'm going to go win the heart trophy, rocket Richard and score 50 goals. And look what happens. Laura, look what's going to happen. Eventually he's going to sign the biggest contract in the history of the NHL. So bet on yourself. The Fred Van Vliet mentality, bet on yourself. Can I add to your um, take here in that the day that he signed, Kyle Dubas in a statement said, quote, This morning, Rasmus Sandin and his agent, Louis Gross, reached out to us and informed us that after watching our game last night and seeing more injuries accrued by our defense, which we talked about last week with Jamie Benn and Darlene, which required Kerfoot and um, Yarncroft to go back and play defense. Oh, that they wanted to get this locked in today so Rasmus could get over to Toronto and help his teammates. So little little nice PR spin there from Kyle to say he signed his deal because Rasmus is a really good guy and he wanted to come here and help his teammates. Well, not to be a smartass, but of course Kyle wins the $1.4 million yeah. contract negotiation and completely lost out on the other three, which were worth 10 times the amount. Yes. I Listen, I, I think it, good on them for holding their ground and getting them in at the number they wanted them. I think it's good on him to like just park all this because they have they do have a lot of injuries. He is going to get an opportunity in top four. We've talked a lot about what it looks like for a player who misses training camp and the sort of ripple effect of that. And yeah, I mean, I mean, the whole situation was kind of ridiculous from the start. It just just anybody who, who knows hockey, who analyzes the situation, it, it was kind of a ridiculous situation. Like you're talking about 1.4 to what? 1.7 max 2 million like for a guy who's done nothing and and, and who wasn't really like yeah he was a, he was a high round pick who had some ceiling potential but he was never a guy who was supposed to be a phenom it, it's just the whole situation to me for, uh, from the start was just you just knew what it was it's like this guy is asking for something that's kind of ridiculous and silly and, and we're talking about a couple hundred thousand dollars here where to me getting regular minutes in the NHL on a top six decor. That's a team that's going to make the playoffs or hopefully make the playoffs, but a team that is they're making has, the playoffs. Yeah. They're going to make the playoffs and they have cup aspirations every single year. Why would you not want to give yourself an opportunity to play every single day in that top six for that hockey team? When you know that some guys might go at the door, some guys are going to get hurt. They're going to give you an opportunity this year. Like that, that's just what it is. I, I don't see Sandy being a healthy. No, 
Like you're you're slated in on the third pair as long as you can stay healthy all year. That that's the key to any hockey player success. Stay healthy, number one. Number two, that that follows in with getting minutes in the lineup when you're a guy who needs minutes to get better to get a, that contract that you eventually want. Last week, uh, we talked about preseason and what does the preseason mean and. For we agree that for the vast majority of the roster and the league, it means little to nothing. But I I made a, a statement that I said I thought it meant a lot to a guy like Matt Murray to come in here and get off to a good start, even if it is preseason. To have good vibes around him was really important. Um, I'd like to present you with another uh, instance of where the preseason may matter. Nick Robertson has seven points in four preseason games. This is a guy who is real. He's trying to make the team. This is a guy who, with current injury, uh, current injury to John Tavares and, and the ripple effect that has throughout the lineup, there's spots open. Uh, injury to Pierre Engvall. Um, do you agree with me when I say seven points in preseason games for a guy like Nick Robertson? is a big deal if he wants to break camp with the big team. I think the lower you are down in the depth chart, the more the points matter in the preseason. And, I mean, does it... I just think... I want to get in Sheldon Keefe's head and know what he actually thinks of Nick Robertson. Well, he said after the game last night, he said... Sheldon Keefe is, is a tough crowd, man. He said after the game last night, he was like... Something to the effect of... He's played very well, and these are meaning these are meaningful games for him. And he's he's stepped up, and then he ended it with, but this is not NHL hockey. So that tells you that tells you all you need to know right well, there. Well, who who would you rather have in the lineup? Denny the goat or or Nick Roberts? Oh, you know what I'd rather have. I'd rather I'd rather give Nick I know everybody is like so hot and bothered by Denny the goat, but like I I, I'd rather give Nick Robertson. Nick Robertson, man, like, we've talked so much about the construction of this hockey team and, like, oh, you dump so much money into four guys, so you need to be really calculated with the rest of your salary and you need guys in your farm system to step up. And they've had guys in, like, role-player-type spots, a la Pierre Engvall, step up and play a nice third-line role for them. But... We've sat here the whole time and been like, who's going to play the left wing with Tavares and Nylander? And wouldn't it be great to have a guy who can jump in and score on that line? And Nick Robertson is a guy that you look at and go, wouldn't it be great if you made a statement and made the, took that spot and produced on that line? And here's a guy that... Sound like Chris Collinsworth. Here's a guy. But, like, here's a guy who you drafted, you've developed. He's on a, uh, like, a, a, a minor league contract and can come up and take that spot and play well for you. That is something they haven't had. I, I just, I just, the problem with him is, number one, he's small. Okay? I don't want to sound like that old guy, Leaf fan, who who's always hard, who's always, getting on the small guys. I don't want to be like that. But when you look at that line, okay, so if if all things in a perfect world happen, it's Tavares, Nylander, Robertson, 
Well, you just look at the construction of that line. Number number one, Nylander and Tavares don't work together. I mean, sometimes they do, but ultimately, I think the conclusion of last season is those two together isn't the perfect pairing. And then you add another small guy who's not a go-getter into that mix, and it's just... Can I interject you right there just because you're talking about size? Um Kipper and Boren are back, and I was listening to them yesterday. Yeah, Kipper was going off. Yeah, yeah, Kipper and Boren were back, and I was listening to them yesterday, and I thought uh, Justin Boren made, like, a really interesting, like, real talk kind of point that, like, not every... That the, the fanboys are going to get so in their feels about. But he goes, they're talking about who's going to make camp Denny the Goat, Nick Robertson, whatever, and he was saying he thinks Denny the Goat is going to make the team. Because they're going to give Denny the goat every chance to to have an impactful role on the team. Why? Because the guy they traded for Denny the yeah, goat yeah. has turned into Tom Wilson light and would be the perfect guy to have on that left wing with Tavares and Nylander right now. I just don't think you can run your team like that. I don't think you can run your organization like that. I don't think you can coach like that. that that's water under the bridge to me. Seeing Mason Marchment play so well and being such a player or a type player that would fit their team so well, yeah, it's kind of annoying, but you never saw it in the Leaf uniform. So I I'm willing to let that go. It's just all these lines that are projected for this hockey team going into the season, it's just that second line's a problem. Like that third line, you can muster up your your David Camps or or any. Well, if if a third line of of Kerfoot, Camp, and Engvall, exactly, but like, is a good third line. That's my point. Yeah. Me and you can sit here and drum up all these combinations for the third line, and you're like, you know what? That's a that's a decent third line. That's a third line that can skate and chip in, and also check. The problem with this team, I find when when speaking about them going into the season, is the second line. It's just. Is John Tavares going to give you what you want out of John Tavares? Is William Nylander going to finally take the absolute next step? And if those two guys just play the way they've been playing, who is the third guy to come into that line and elevate their game? Because you're looking for them to elevate. And for them to elevate, they need a different mix. And for all hockey fans, the first type of player they think of is a Zach Hyman type hockey player. A Mason Marchman. A Mason Marchman. A guy who can go get the puck. and, and, and Michael Bunting. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the problem with this team. It's like we're always debating. To me, the debate has been the second line and it's been the fourth line. I don't care about the fourth line. Okay, some nights the fourth line needs to come up big, but at the end of the day, they're the fourth line. It's just the second line. There's just no combination that anyone in the media, anyone in the fan base likes. Like, it's just, it's just, there's always something off about it. And that's because Nylander and Tavares, as a pairing, bring something that isn't super dynamic. So they need a third guy on that line to bring something to spice up that line and make them effective. And they just, I don't think they have that guy. Unless somebody steps well, up. That's what I I'm mean, saying. You're hoping Nick Robertson can... I think people are are really married to the idea of Nick Robertson working because of what I was talking about. Like you've been waiting for someone to outperform their contract. And that's that's not a shot at like a Pierre Engvall. But like Pierre Engvall is a third liner and I think he's paid as such. You're waiting for a guy because of the way you have your salary cap constructed, you're waiting for a guy to 
come up who's making little to no money and contribute big in a top six role. And well, they, that's not well, something they've had. They might have had that if they didn't trade away all their first round picks for guys well, at the deadline who've done nothing. Yeah, not you, to, That's not a criticism. It's yeah. just that's why that hasn't panned out because they don't have a lot of dudes who are high touted prospects who come up and on those another, deals and do something. That's another thing about my point about Nick Robertson. He's one of the only ones. So people are kind of look the pressure on this kid. People are looking at him like, you got to work, man. Like after you, in terms of like elite, like they've got Matthew Nice. Matthew, him. That's a non-factor. Yeah, man. well, he, yeah, he's not. He, currently, Matthew Nice is a non-factor. A couple years, he will be a factor. Right now, he's not. Robertson, in terms of like high-end skill yeah. prospect, is, is, is it right now. But the problem with him being a high-end skill prospect is who else was a high-end skill prospect? Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, William Nylander, John Tavares once upon a time ago. And I don't think Nick Robertson is even close, not even close, but not close to those guys' levels when it came to ceilings of skill potential. So if Nick Robertson doesn't pan out on the second line, he's not a third-line player. He's not a fourth-line player. Yeah, so th exactly. That, that's my problem with Nick Robertson. He's, he's a tweener. It's like... If you don't work out in the top six in the NHL, you're in, then there's you're no in the American Hockey you. League. Yeah. There's no spot for you. Well, there's no spot for you on this team. So then, then the conversation shifts to if he's not going to work out in your top six. Like if, you, if Sheldon Keefe and Kyle Dubas behind closed doors are talking right now, and we saw in the All or Nothing uh, um, docuseries, and even with this quote the other night after the game, Sheldon Keefe doesn't mess around. Like, he goes in there with Kyle, and he tells him, like, what's up? I like Sheldon Keefe. Yes. Man. So, if for all we know, Sheldon Keefe could already have made up his mind and been like, this kid's too small. We need another player. So, if you're them, do you start the season with him on your roster, hope he plays well, and then hit up a Anaheim, a San Jose, a, 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 a Vancouver, like a team that if you trade him, he's in their top six right away. So, and, and then you get some, get something back for him. Well, trades in hockey are so lame. It's like with baseball, it's, it's the farm system. So important. So with Nick Robertson, it, that's a good point because if, if you can get something, if he still has a reputation of being a highly skilled player, if the more he plays, the more he can almost wear out that reputation where the point where it's like, he has some skill, but maybe he's not a top six guy. So he's kind of a tweener, but if you can capitalize on him kind of showing that he can be a top six player, then maybe you can get something for him. But I just, the Leafs don't operate like that. They don't operate like that. It's just, I think, it, it, it's silly to not give Nick Robertson the opportunity. I, I don't care about Denny the Goat. I, I really don't. Kyle Dubas really cares I, about I Denny the Goat. I don't care how good he's looked in the preseason. I don't give a rat's You ass. don't care how he's it's looked. Just, you don't care that he is literally the Wayne Gretzky of the Finnish Hockey League. That's fine. It, it's I don't care. This guy has been around, and if he was that good, he would have been there already. But guess what? He's not. He was in the Swiss League or the Finnish League last year. And now he's getting an opportunity. To me, you try to give this opportunity to 
your highest rated prospect in your system other than Matt Nyes, who's still at col- and still in college, who plays a physical brand, which you're hoping when he finally does play, it, it comes to fruition. But with Nick Robertson, I, I just, if I'm Dubis, he was in, he was in the I I'm mistaken you're right he was in the Swiss league yeah he played for Zurich SC of the Swiss league last year yeah I figured it'd be Swiss league twenty one goals thirty one assists fifty two points yeah it's just I I don't the only thing standing in Nick Robertson's way is the head coach I think if it was up to Kyle Dubas he would have Nick Robertson in the lineup day one I think the coach carries a big hammer in this decision-making when it comes to Nick Robertson. And from what I've seen over the past one, two seasons, I don't think he likes this guy. I don't think he sees. Well, it's, it's, I don't think it's not that he doesn't like him. I just don't think, I don't think he thinks he can have an impact. Small. It's he's he's small. small. He's small. It's it's the number. It's the same issue we've had with this team. And it's, it's, we talked last week about Sheldon Keith blowing the whistle saying, you gotta be more effing physical. And we talk about like, just this them being harder to play against and what a polarizing conversation that is between like the the old school hockey fans and the pokemon collectors like we it's just it's such a it's such a but at the end of the day it's like he's not he's a rookie still technically like he's yes he's played in the league a little bit whatever i mean he's technically not a rookie no he's technically not but like he hasn't played a full season of nhl hockey. He, he's played like how many games he plays but like under 30 games but yes. because he's played a certain amount of games over a certain have, amount of seasons he's technically not a rookie and he technically does have playoff experience because he played for them in the bubble series against columbus nick robertson is the is the right guy on the wrong team that's the way i look at him he might be a great... Ho- Look at his brother. His brother came out of nowhere last year in Dallas and had an unbelievable year. It, it, I think Nick is that skilled. Like, he could do that. It's just he's, the, he's on the wrong team. He's on a team where they don't need a Nick Robertson. That's the problem with his situation. They don't need Nick Robertson. So, again... They need, so, they so need that, Mason Marchment. They need, yeah, they that need brings- Matt Nyes to just... Drop, stop going to class and start showing up to the show like that. That's like and start hitting dudes. Like they need, that, they that's need, what this they team need needs. Matt Nyes to stop playing for the Eden Hall Warriors. Yeah, they need it's, Matt Nyes yeah. to get more phone calls to his parents saying your son missed cl- period one, two, five, and six. Yes, yeah. They, like yeah. they need Matt Nyes to get out of detention. Yes, and get into the National Hockey League. Yeah, like that's what they they need that type of hockey player. I I feel bad for Nick Robertson, but I just don't think that they they have Nick Robertsons all over the lineup. It's just what's another Nick Robertson for this team? Is it going to make that big of a difference? And I mean. Can Nick Robertson score 30 goals in the NHL? If he can, then it will make a difference. But I don't think he, I don't know if he can do that. So if he's, if he's a 15 goal guy and a small hockey player, it's just that I don't think it does them any good. So what I'm hearing from you then is you're going the route of let's get him in the lineup and showcase him a little bit and get him out the door. I'm sorry. I, if I'm Kyle Dubas and Sheldon Keefe, I'm putting him in the lineup over Dennis Malgin. 10 times out of 10. <laughs> Dennis, I have no time for Dennis Malgin. I'm going to be honest. I have zero time. So many for this people dude. are watching this right now being like, why do these guys hate Dennis Malgin? Why do you like Dennis Malgin? Because he, he looked good in a couple preseason games. Like, I'm over this. Ryan, I just I just told you he lit, up, he lit up Zurich SC. I don't care. He's Wayne Gretzky of the Swiss A League. Like, come on. If you're a Denny guy, like, oh, my, that's exhausting. And 
I hope he proves me wrong. If he does get a chance and he does you end will, up being a good hockey player. You will sit here and eat crow. I will sit here and eat crow. Just eat shit. We will like, buy you a Dennis Maligan jer- a jersey and you will wear a Dennis Maligan jersey. Yes. Yeah. But I'm sorry. Like, I, I will give Nick Robertson the opportunity a-, a million times out of a million over Denny the Goat. Like, there's just no way. I did not think that we were going to spend that much time talking about Nick Robertson. Well, it is the hottest topic right now when it comes to this hockey team. It is. It most certainly is. You know what I'm not looking forward to? And I mean... Winter? Yeah, no, I'm not looking forward (laughs) to winter. Um, And like the simple answer to this is just, well, just ignore it, Rob. Don't go online and read the discourse. But like last night, or sorry, Monday night. I don't know if you saw in the highlights, but Matt Murray and Jack Campbell made essentially identical saves. Like they went made like post to post, like beautiful looking saves. And these Edmonton Oilers fans, man, you would think the the Edmonton Oilers fan base will tell you that they just signed the second coming of George Vesna, Patrick Waugh, Curtis Joseph, Marty Broder to be their new goalie. The the hype in Edmonton right now around Jack Campbell is hysterical. It's hysterical. That franchise since their dynasty has been an absolute joke between the pipes. A goalie graveyard, one might say. Worse than the Leafs. At least the Leafs had a, a hot stint with Cujo and Belfort. Like, this this organization has had just garbage goaltending. And I know they went to the cup final that one year against the, the Hurricanes post-lockout, which, like, good for them. But other than that, like, they, they've been... They've been brutal between it's the just, pipes. It's just like I, I don't hear, hear. I don't. We don't. Can, can we give PSA to Oilers fans? Can I? Can I do? Can I do us all a favor? Can we never say the the name Jack Campbell yeah, yeah, ever again yeah. on this podcast? Can I just give a PSA to Edmonton Oilers fans? We don't care. Like we don't care. Like you signed him. Good for you. We all love Jack. This is nothing against Jack as a person. We all loved him, but like. What he wanted, I don't think any one of us would have signed him to the contract. And the same goes for Zach Hyman. We all love Zach Hyman, but the thing that those two guys have in common is I don't think any Leaf fan out there would have agreed to signing either one of those guys to the contracts that the Edmonton Oilers signed him to. I, I have. So congratulate. Like, just let it go. Let it go. We've all moved on. We're ready to watch Matt Murray and Ilya Samsonov this year, and and we're ready to just ride it out with them and see how this goes. I think, listen, we're good. We're good. We don't need this annoying back and forth Jack Campbell v. Matt Murray. We don't want it. We didn't ask for it. Go away. What is Jack Campbell? Jack Campbell pisses me off. (laughs) He really gets under my skin. What has this guy ever done? Well, it's not. What has he ever done? He he came into this organization. Listen, that's not Jack Campbell's fault. I know, but he came into this organization with the lowest expectations of all time and played pretty well. Didn't win a playoff series. Last year, he started off the year. He looked like the greatest goalie to ever put on the pads. And then he came back and had the worst 
two months I've ever seen in my life. Can I say one and thing in what? his defense? He I, still didn't win a playoff series. Can I say one thing in his defense? Yes, but the difference between Jack Campbell and Freddie Anderson is if you look at the two playoff series that Jack Campbell started for them, I don't think Jack Campbell cost them either one of those series. I don't care. Where you could argue that Freddie Anderson cost the Leafs. I don't care. I, I would take Freddie Anderson a million times out of a million over Jack Campbell. Freddie Anderson put his ass out on the line every single night for this franchise. And you know what? He had a couple bad game sevens, but in a couple of those series, they shouldn't even gone to game seven. You have laid some sizzling hot takes in your day on the Talking Buds Leaf show saying, I'll take Freddie Anderson over Jack Campbell. Dude, not Maybe even close. your hottest of all time. Dude, not even close. I, I, I don't even think it's even close. Jack Campbell has done nothing in the NHL. Freddie Anderson is a guy who has had a little bit of injury issue, but a guy you can count on for 50 plus games every single year and you know exactly what you're, what you're going to get from him. Jack Campbell played half a season and he played half a good season and then he sucked. I don't care. I don't care what he did in this little playoff series. I This hype, the fan base drives me crazy about Jack Campbell. I don't care about Jack Campbell, the person. He's I'm sure he's a great dude, a little hard on himself. But if anybody's picking Jack Campbell over Freddie Anderson, I, you did not watch Maple Leaf hockey for a couple of years. I'm sorry. Like it's not even close to me. I okay. It's I'm not gonna, even close. We're gonna get out of here on on. I'm gonna ask you one one question. You're gonna put a futures bet on a team to win the Atlantic Division. What team are you putting a futures bet on to win the Atlantic Division? Man, that is a question. I wish I was prepared for. <laughs> I purposely didn't tell you this. I would say that I think the Florida Panthers have a decent shot of repeating. I know they've gotten a little bit worse, but I think every team in the Atlantic have something in common. Every top team in the Atlantic have something in common. They've all taken a step back on paper and supposedly all the bottom feeding teams have taken a step forward. But I think this this division still runs through Toronto, Florida, and Tampa Bay. I don't. I have no idea what the Bruins are going to do this year. I think they're taking a step back, but I don't necessarily buy into people saying Detroit's going to be better. Ottawa's going to be. better. I think they'll be better. They'll be better, but they're winning not, the division. They're not going to no. win the division. No. I think no, no, you're no. looking at. I, I you never discount the Tampa Bay Lightning with the goaltender, yes. with the defenseman, yes, with the top forwards. Yes. I don't care if they lose some depth pieces. That's still a really damn good hockey that, that team. That goalie, that I'm sorry, oh, man. God. They got the best goal. I know, oh. I know he didn't win last year, but he's he's the best goalie in the world, in my opinion. Oh, he didn't win his third time to the cup final. Uh, oh yeah. my god, wow. <laughs> you want to hear we're, here we are debating guys who've lost in the first round every year, and we're we're gonna criticize a guy who's lost in his third time to the final. You wanna hear you wanna hear my prediction? I predict the Toronto Maple Leafs win the Atlantic division. I don't know, man. They, they got a lot to prove this year. I, I think. I don't know. And, and that line, uh, the, the no, line it, right, it's, it's written me, in man. the stars. It's written in the stars. They win their division. Kyle Dubas is going into the season without a contract for all intents and purposes. He was told by Brendan Shanahan and ownership. You have to win around in order to secure a new contract. So, 
They win the division. Everyone's like, oh my God, they won the division. And the pressure in the first round series against a wild card team is never been higher. And we're all sitting there feeling sick watching the first round series against pick your Eastern Conference team. I think I think what <laughs> this whole Dubas errors has proved is they can play the Lightning, they can play the Red Wings, they can play Capitals, Rangers. I don't think it really matters. I think any team they play in the playoffs is taking them to seven games, and we're going right back to where we've been every single... Well, history has proven this is what happens every single time. I don't care who they play. I don't care if it's the best team in the NHL or the worst team in, in the Eastern Conference that they get to play in the wild card round. I think no matter what, they're going seven games and they're going to have to get over that hump. You know what I'm excited about? This time next week, we will be doing a podcast after an actual oh. regular season oh. game. <laughs> so, oh. some, something real to talk about as opposed to preseason hockey and depth second line winger just talking about nick robertson for 20 minutes because <laughs> there's nothing else <laughs> that's the hottest topic in this city right it now big sure boy. Is. oh yeah you yeah. turn on any podcast radio show whatever it's like let's talk about nick robertson yeah, and it's like oh yeah, my god yeah. can the regular season right. just start can he's we... small he can score yeah. we hope it works out can the regular season just start so we can start talking about austin matthews march to 65 goals like knock on wood so because I say that and he's going to get hurt. But like, yeah, can we, can the regular season just start so we can just watch? Uh, I, I think I said it last week. I'll say it again. I think Austin Matthews, if he stays healthy, I think that I think he is going to have a monstrosity of a season goal scoring wise. And you said it last week that the number one conversation coming out of game one of the regular season is going to be in between the old pipes. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, Win yeah. or lose. Yep. And how's it how's it gonna go? Like their their schedule off the hop is like ridiculous. I had it in front of me. The, just well, they have a back to back to start. The yeah, season. they have a back to back to start the season. So which that, is perfect for the goaltending yes, situation. Yes, yes, because that that means that they um that means that you're right. We'll get a look at Murray and we'll get a look at Samsonov. Yeah, right off the bat, and then. Whoever plays better, like, it's just the city's just going to be going mental about, yeah. Yeah, literally. I think no matter what happens, good or bad, the number one story, unless somebody goes on and has just the most goat game of all time, but I think that conversation between the pipes, like you said, is is going to be the number one conversation, good or bad. So looking at this now, I'm thinking we probably should do our next episode after the second game against the Washington Capitals because... Of course, how does how does how does schedule makers do that? I don't know, I don't know. What? Why? Why is the Leafs number or one B goalie going against his former team in this in his yeah. first start as a Maple? Leaf? Exactly, exactly. At least it's at home. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it really matters. Yeah, well, they're in Montreal to start the season. So, as I just mentioned, we will be back now, as we've learned after the second game against the Washington Capitals. If you don't want to miss that, make sure you hit that like and subscribe button below. As I said off the top, all of you lovely people who comment on our video and are like, how do you guys, like, you guys need more subs. What do they got to do, Ryan? Put in Leafs. No, no, no. What? They got to spread the word. Oh. <laughs> yeah.
Oh, I got so excited for the idea of the Talking Buds Leave show. Sure. I totally forgot about the saying. Yeah. What do they got to do? They got to spread the word and tell their friends. Yes. And make sure you hit that like and subscribe button. Leave a comment. Leave a review. We love all the interaction. Like like I said, even if you want to come on and just rip us for being two oh, I idiots. I love being ripped, baby. Yeah. For being, I love it. For being two idiots. We welcome that, too. Thanks, as always, guys, for checking us out, and we will see you next week after the regular season is finally underway. See ya. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know? And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.